Good evening. Our last evening together for a few months. It's been nice to be here. We learned quite a bit and uh, accomplished many, many things. So I'm very happy about that, leaving with many more things to be accomplished here in mind as well as in other parts. So, much to do. And it will all be accomplished by the sincerity of the devotees that will draw down the energy of the Lord to make such wonderful things in this world possible. So we go from here to Audarya and then prepare for the Gopurnim festival. Piyasa Puja, Gopurnim, and then and uh, then from there, at the end of the month, to Saragrahi. And uh, we'll be there for six weeks, so culminate in a festival for the appearance of Mr. Nadev, Singh Bhagavan, Vijay. And then shortly after that, we'll return here. Take advantage of your good company. So, are there any questions tonight? Yes. Speaking of the energy of the Lord, I had a question about Shakti and the various expressions of it and in interactions between the various expressions, meaning that in the Vedic iconography sometimes the Antaranga Shakti seems to express concerthood, like internal energies usually uh, includes the Fladini Shakti and, and comes the Swarupa Shakti and uh, Yoga Maya and then Bhagiranga Shakti seems to express sisterhood, um, like Durga, Maya, etc. But then sometimes it overlaps, and if we just think of it as Shakti, it's fine, but then, you know, Hladini Shakti would be pleasure potency of the Lord, and that concerthood. But if we think of Swarup Shakti, that includes the whole Dharma and Yashoda and all the spiritual forms of the various uh, devotees. And then there's Yoga Maya, the appears as Purnamasi um, and Brindadevi and also does other things that have nothing to do with concerthood. And then Yoga Maya appeared as Subhadra. So sister, but at the, the, now it's internal, but she appears as a sister of Krishna. When Krishna was about to kill that baby, she appeared as Mahamaya, as far as I remember, was Durga. But she's known to be Yoga Maya. But Arjuna is said to be an expansion of Indra and Shiva because how can uh, anybody else concert with uh, Maya. So sometimes it gets a little overlapped. I don't think if you could say, clarify or say anything about this. Well, um, not too much, but um, um, the basic energies of Lord, of which there are many, of course, are the the to use Prabhupada's terms, the external energy, the internal energy, and the marginal energy. And they have a multitude of different names. The external energy is the Maya Shakti. It's the Bahiranga Shakti. Bahira means outside um, energy. The Tatasta Shakti, the marginal energy is the Tatasta Shakti, or the Jiva Shakti, for example. The 
internal energy is called the sarup shakti or the antaranga, the internal shakti. Um, and um, in one sense, they're they're all uh, related in that um, you have Radhatakarani as the fountainhead of all shakti. Tatvalay Krishna is the fountainhead of all avatars. Hmm? All um, Vishnu tattva. So she's the fountainhead of all uh, shakti tattva. And um, <clears throat> and it's only in that sense, I believe, that um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur refers to the external energy as a distorted manifestation of the Srup Shakti and the Tatasta Shakti as a partial manifestation of the Srup Shakti. Um, and what I mean to say by that uh, is that they are distinct energies, Shaktis at the same time. Hmm? So we don't conflate the, even if we say, for example, that the Tatasta Shakti is a partial manifestation of the Sarup Shakti and the, and, the, and the Maya Shakti is a distorted manifestation of it. We don't uh, say that the Tatasta Shakti is the Sarup Shakti or the Maya Shakti is the Sarup Shakti. They are distinct. They are only partial and a distorted manifestation of the Sarup Shakti in as much as you can see there's one Shakti that functions in different ways. Hmm? Probably used to give example of energy might function to heat or to cool. That doesn't make cooling heating or heating cooling. So, um, um, so they are distinct uh, shaktis and they have their distinct uh, functions, purposes. And your question relates to primarily to, as I understand it, the internal energy or the or the sarup shakti, which is constituted of ladini, sambit, and sandini, which means really means ecstasy, bliss, pleasure, ladini, sambit, knowing, and sandini, uh, existence, being. Hmm? Um, and uh, that uh, Shakti manifests in many ways, not only in concerthood, hmm? that's what you're asking about. Um, well, I've said before, there's a little of Radha in all of us, in as much as we're devotees. Hmm? So Radha is Bhakti Devi, and Bhakti is constituted of the Hladini and the Sambit Shakti, appearing in the plane of Sukhasattva or Sandini. Hmm? Pure existence. So, um, um, so therefore, all manifestations of the internal energy are not uh, consorts. Although Radha, the fountainhead of all the internal energy, is the the the, uh, the counter hole in the language of Bhakti Siddhanta and the full face of consorthood. Um, in relation to Krishna, um, it's feminine in that all the shaktis are feminine in relation to the shakti man. All the energies are feminine in relation to the energetic. Hmm? But obviously, it has different. Uh, it manifests in all forms of uh, 
devotion. So we find it in you know, in in all forms of bhakti. Uh, the internal energy is at play. It is the uh, bhakti is the essence of the sarup shakti, taking you know, different forms in Aishvarya Mai, Madhurya Mai, in ma- ma- majestic love and, and and its varieties, and in intimate love and its varieties, and so forth. So, um, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, manifest only in uh, consorthood, and at the same time, in the Brajlila, of course, it's uh, all of the, again, all of the associates of the Lord are manifestations of that internal energy, or they are Jeev Shakti who have been filled with the ingress of Sarup Shakti, Functioning there in, in Lila Seva, um, so no, they're not all consorts. Yoga Maya is, of course, a feminine Purnamasi, feminine expressions, Brinda Devi, um, of the um, um, Sarup Shakti of the internal energy. But so is Nanda Maharaj and uh, Subal, Sridam, Vasudam, and so on and so forth. The friends of Krishna, the servants of Krishna, the parents of Krishna. Um, so, uh, that's clear, right? With regard to the external energy, there's more of a connection in a way between the external energy and the internal energy than between the marginal energy, which can be related to one or the other and have create meaning and value accordingly. Hmm? If there's Tathasa Shakti is in association with the Maya Shakti, then it posits certain values and that are illusory, obviously. If it's under the influence of the internal energy, the Sarup Shakti, then that the Jeev manifests um, a real uh, meaningful uh, life, life of devotion. Um, so it can function on either side. Hmm. And in the material world or the spiritual world, its real homeland, if you will, where it will feel at home, I should say, is in relation to the Sarup Shakti, because the Sarup Shakti is, is, is the Chit Shakti. It's, it's, it's alive. It's conscious. It's not I- inert like matter. Hmm. So naturally, the Jeev Shakti or the Tatasta Shakti will feel at home hmm. in the embrace of the uh, Swarup Shakti and not at home in the embrace of the Maya Shakti. Hmm. Um, but it being as it is, kind of like uh, nowhere or, or, or a, 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 it's a, it's a combined, I want to say, it's expression of itself, um, manifestation of nature and nurture. So it has its nature but its nature is not fully manifest without a particular nurture. And the nurture constitutes the influence of Maya Shakti or the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. So, separate from this unique position that's kind of one or the other, uh, it, it, it goes to one side or the other, um, is that Sarup Shakti always on one side and the Maya Shakti always on the other side. And they're kind of like opposites, in a way. Hmm. 
Um, and so you find this relationship. For example, in the tantras, it's mentioned that under the name for Radha is Durga. Hmm. So, in that sense, it's thought that the Durga is which who presides over the Maya Shakti is a particular manifestation of Radha, but it's the external energy. So they're they're kind of related in, in a way, like uh, like uh, like opposites. And the more Jivagosami writes about them as if they have more uh, correspondence, more like the example that Prabhupada would give of heating and lighting. And that's how he would use it. Electrical energy can heat or light. And one side, Sarup Shakti, or it can function like the Maya Shakti. The word Maya is, is, is often used for both. Hmm? Um, uh, or, or even uh, prakriti. Um, well, that's not the best example. Maya is used for both. We say yoga maya or mahamaya, for example, in reference to the internal energy or the external energy. So they're more related in a sense in that way. Um, and the maya shakti, you mentioned sisterhood, I guess you're, you're mentioning in relation to Bhagwan, but, but, but for the most part we find that the, the feminine personifications of the Maya Shakti are associated with Shiva, and Shiva is a particular manifestation of Bhagwan, a particular unique kind of transformation of Bhagwan, Sri Krishna. So uh, all of the forms of Durga are thought to be the consorts of um, Shiva. I uh, perhaps in one place described Subhadra as a as a sister and in, 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 wife of Arjuna. The subject of Subhadra is more complicated, and I I have explained it um, in writing somewhere, but I, I don't know if I can recall it all. There are different manifestations of Subhadra for different purposes, and and um, and but the. Um, the you are correct in stating that the manifestation of Krishna's sister, if you will, in uh, in in um, as she appeared in Mathura, coming from Vrindavan, being transferred by Vasudev to Mathura, chastised Kamsa. Hmm? And in doing so, appeared as um, Badrakali, hmm? and said to be known by different names in different places. And these are all names of Shiva's consorts, and a, a, uh, a, a represented deity presiding over material nature, who has the thankless task of of depicted sometimes as Durga is with a pitchfork. Kind of, Repronged, Adi Devik, Adi Adi poking the living entities who suffer from from nature's influence, from the influence of the their mind, the influence of their body, from other living entities, and this is this is the nature of of, of material existence, um, and 
Of course, that poking is supposed to be a negative impetus that she's providing, whereas Bhakti Devi is providing a positive impetus. So we have both things working for us to move in the right um, direction. Um, she is said to be in the Bhagavatam to to be shy and not come before the Lord. She's depicted like this. It means the Maya Shakti never never covers, never um, influences Bhagavan like the Sarup Shakti does. It overwhelms him. That's what Krishna is. God being overwhelmed by his own uh, internal energy in a form of intimate love and he becomes the object that corresponds with it. There's no beginning to one or the other, the Bhakti or Bhagwan. Hmm? But Bhagwan is never overcome by Maya. She stands, she's described as being standing at a distance, hmm? offering respect, somewhat repentant for doing what she does, although she knows it's a service, it's kind of a thankless task, something like that. So... I don't know if I'm answering your question. It was kind of vague, but yeah. this is kind of an overview of the... It remains a little hazy between Yogamaya and Mahamaya, because I think the deity of Yogamaya that's under a temple and that one is... Radha Temple, there's a... Yeah, this was worshipped by Rupa Goswami. I, I imagine he, he founded that temple. Um, you can go down into the basement and there's a deity. There's like a staircase that goes down, a secret compartment. And there's a deity of... Durga, but it's it's the form of yoga maya is worshipped as the form of yoga maya. There. So again, you have this hot and cold, heat and light, where these two ha- seem to have more correspondence hmm, than the Tatasta Shakti does with either. Hmm? Um, they're kind of like opposites, if you will, functioning in opposite ways. Hmm? And that's again why Bhakti Nodaka. Well, if you have the Maya Shakti. Operating as kind of the antithesis of the Sarup Shakti, hmm? then you got this other of the three primary Shaktis, the Tatasta Shakti, and it's in between. So he gives it a partial and ties them all: a distorted manifestation of the Sarup Shakti, a partial manifestation, and then the Sarup Shakti itself. But again, when we say dis- distorted and we say partial, uh, we we don't mean to say that they aren't themselves. Independent, not independent shaktis, but different shaktis. Hmm? Um, it's not like, for example, if you took the distorted, if you want to call it that, manifestation of the internal energy, that's asat, achit, and nirananda, hmm? the maya shakti, you're not going to convert it and it's going to turn into the sarup shakti, something like that. Hmm? And neither can you turn the jiv shakti into sarup shakti, but the jiv shakti can be um, can have the, the interface of the Sarup Shakti hmm, that affords it then a spiritual body constituted of the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. And then you're going to say, you mean I'm not that body either? <laughs> and I'm not this body? I'm not that body? It's a separate energy of mine? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it is separate, yeah. Hmm? Kind of like an operating system, Windows and Mac. Yeah, it's a it's a different shakti, but 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 the integration, if you will, of the 
Srup Shakti and the Maya and the and the and the, and the Tata Shakti is there's greater possibility or potential for that than there is with the Maya Shakti. How can something that is inanimate and unconscious interact and integrate with that which is conscious and um, alive and and so forth? It's not a good good mix. These two. That is an ob- the objective trying to mix with the subjective. Hmm? They're so opposite. A conscious entity and an unconscious, a conscious existence and an unconscious existence. They're very, very, very different. You try to interact with an unconscious existence, you really only interact with yourself, hmm? in a sense, because you, you turn it into what, you animate the material world. Hmm? And it's, it's evidence that it's you that you're chasing after and that you identify with and that you love rather than the thing that you animate, unaware that you're animating it and so on and so forth. But the possibility of the Tasta Shakti, Jeev Shakti, integrating with the Sarup Shakti, well, that's much greater because these are both subjective. Hmm? So there's a likeness there. Hmm? There's a similarity. There's a greater possibility. You can not fall in love, hmm? everlasting love, <laughs> with any manifestation of the material energy. Because it's so unlike you. Well, you endure and it doesn't. So, that's the problem, to put it real simply. But you can fall in love and experience everlasting love in relation to the um, the Sarup Shakti. Hmm? It is a manifestation of love through which Bhagawan interacts with the jiva, jiva shakti, and turns it into a lover of Bhagawan. So that surup, that that body constituted surup shakti, is all that the jiva can can be, so to speak, and it's it's seamless. It's just like just it's just like in material illusion, you don't act like you're not the body. You have to be told that you're not the body and then try to start to think like that and act like that in some ways and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, in Krishna Leland, you'll feel that you are that body for sure. And you are. Hmm? Uh, even though it's constituted of another Shakti, that's that Shakti making its ingress into the Jeev Shakti. And and then uh, uh, that affording it the opportunity, as I said, to to experience its full potential as an experiencer, as a, uh, to be a person, to um, to be a, uh, an agent of action, hmm? uh, so on and so forth, an apprehender. There has to be something to apprehend. Hmm? So it, it, in a sense, it 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 brings out qualities of the jiva that otherwise would not manifest, that manifest in a distorted way in relation to the maya shakti. We've talked about this before. What else? Yes? How is a devotee that depends on the uh, motivation and organization of other uh, devotees for programs continue uh, when he's by himself, especially uh, the morning program? Well, um, when devotees are not in the association of other devotees, um, 
and then they have to create their own uh, spiritual environment. And the spiritual environment is not one that is uh, dependent on a particular formula, necessarily. Um, In the temple life, we have a particular formula, a particular environment, if you will, a formulaic environment. We rise at this time because the deity rises at this time. Mm -hmm. And so we we greet the deity and we offer the arati and we sing the appropriate songs and so on and so forth. Now, if you're in another situation where you don't, the deity's not there, well, then there's uh, your spiritual life, if you will, uh, is not dependent on that particular formula, which is relative to that particular situation. Hmm? Um, so you you don't have to recreate it exactly as it's done somewhere else, given that it, where it's done somewhere else, it's done relative to the circumstance and the situation and so forth. It's a temple and it, the deity has his regulated life and we revolve around it. So if you're not at the temple, then sometimes devotees have deities that they travel with and so they create a semblance of that. Mm-hmm. Or devotees do that in their home householders. Or they don't, um, but uh, there are other ways in which they can um, um, create a spiritual environment for themselves. They get up and they can chant their japa. Hmm? They can get up and um, bathe and sit and chant 16 rounds of japa and they can um, offer their food. It depends on where they are. Sometimes awkward situation, but at least in in, in their mind, hmm? you can do puja in your mind also if you've been trained to do puja, of course. Um, so there, what I want to say is that there are different ways in which you can create a spiritual environment and um, and um, get the kind of support that the temple environment, which is all set up, affords you. I mean, it's. It, you have to be a little bit of a self-starter and, and uh, you have to kind of take what you get from this environment when you're away and in, incorporate some of it that, in a way that makes sense where you are. Let's say you go, go home and you visit your parents. Hmm? Well, you know, it's probably not the best idea to get up and play the murdunga and the cartels and, at, uh, and be waving ghee lamps and lighting incense at four in the morning. <laughs> That's there. You know, there are other ways to go about it, so to speak. And so, you know, you 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 want to take the essence of that and apply it hmm, in the circumstances that you are, in a way that makes sense, in a way that 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 nourishes you and keeps you um, on on course for a steady sadhana, and. Um, so there may be certain things that we carry with us. Let's say, for example, we carry with us our our vow to chant a certain number of rounds wherever we are, hmm? and that we will, you know, offer our food at least in our mind or something like that. If we don't have the opportunity, or in some way, at least with, this isn't even offerable, but it's vegetarian. But anyway, this is where I am, so I think let me take this and the energy I derive from it, but let it not be abused or anything 
material purposes, but only for spiritual purposes. You can think like that. It's a little less than than prasadam, but um, uh, anyway. So you you kind of try to take the essence, and then you know beyond that, you don't stay outside of the association of devotees for longer than you have to. I'm a little worried myself because I have to ride back on the on the plane, and I was going to be able to sit next to um, there, next to Craig a nice Vaishnav, but then the airlines just notified me that they gave me a bonus first-class seat, so I have to sit next to a non-devotee. <laughs> so I'm a little concerned about that, although it will be comfortable. What is material comfort in comparison to having Sadhu Sangha? So we don't want to stay outside of the association very long. And then, of course, in our sect, in our um, Sangha, then there are a lot of devotees that are um, connected with me who live in different parts and so forth, and we don't have temples everywhere and, and so forth. So we try to create some online facility like like the talks I give. They're all online. You can download them and hear them. You can hear them right on your computer or put them on your you know, thing, iPad or whatever it is. Um, and um, there's a... And, there's, and if I don't give one that day, well, there's thousands of them on there for, you know, so many years. And you can just dial one up, you know, and, and listen to it. So that's a real, really good um, meal. Listen to a lecture every day. Chant your japa. Help to keep you pretty fit. To keep you pretty fit. And then there are other... Um, there, we have forums like Tatvivek where devotees can on ask questions on the Internet and so on and so forth. Um but your situation, as I understand it, is you, you've got a little something to do and you won't be, you won't be out of association for too long, right? Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, we have a, you, as you see, we do the Sunday call, so you can be on the Sunday call. If you're not here, then at a distance, you get on the Sunday call and stay connected. We have a Facebook thing called Sri Chaitanya Sangha. You can, Get a, become a member there and then, you know, see devotees ask questions and they say things and put up photos and this just happened and, uh, at, at Madhavan or, you know, you see, like that. So, try to keep associated. Does that help? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not just a, you know, particular formula that you have to do. If you don't do that, you know, you're going to turn into a pumpkin. Uh, it's, it's not like that. You want to take the essence of that and, and apply it. So you don't want to be too too rigid about it in, in a sense, but you don't want to be neglectful at the same time. There's something called Niyamagraha, where, where one doesn't really know the purpose of the rules or the formula, so to speak, and thinks like, oh, if, they don't chant, if I don't chant like this at this time and finish at this time, it won't be spiritual. We get questions like this sometimes, like, I heard, you know, is it is it is it okay to chant the Panchatattva mantra between every bead or be, and once everything or not? as if like if you do or you don't, there's going to be a big problem. Hmm. Um, it's not exactly like that. It's a little, you could, you could not. You know, you, it's uh, um, generally we don't, but. <laughs> There's no harm to no harm to invoke the panchatattva from time to time and so forth. So, for example, uh, that's just an example. Um, so you don't want to 
you know, fall into that kind of a space where some devotees, they go to another temple, they do things differently, and they think, this is wrong. They're not doing it right. They're singing at a different beat, or they're singing a different song at this time. And there are many ways. Hmm? And, there, and then there, within that many ways, there's, there's kind of parameters, of course. You have to learn the parameters. And what, not in the name of what I'm doing that anything goes. It's hardly like that either. So anyway, Niyamagra means that you do, you, that, that you, you, do the, you follow the program, but you don't know why. <laughs> and then that shows up when you're in a different situation and you don't know how to apply the essence of it. Hmm? Then how much you were getting out of it when you were doing it is in, comes into question, even. Hmm? Um, and so then, and then the Niyamagraha goes the other way, depending on whether the the A is long or short, so it covers both sides. You follow the rules without knowing the meaning, the purpose of them, rigidly and 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 dogmatically, and in a way that becomes problematic because it's evident you you're, you don't understand the essence and you're not getting out of it what what you could or what you should. And the other meaning of it is that you don't follow the rules; you neglect them. In the name of being an essence seeker or something like that, um, so you want to avoid both 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 extremes. Hmm. You had another comment or question further? That was yeah, that was, that was good. Good. Yeah, because everything's changing all the time, and then actually, I was thinking of boxing it in rather than. Mm-hmm. Able to adapt. Yeah, you need to adapt. That really right. extra help. Right, right, yeah. Okay, what else? Yes. Uh, I started reading the game Gopal Sapani Intention. Particularly, I have um, questions to every sentence, but uh, <laughs> I will have uh, one. Uh, Lord Brahma um, explains Swaha as being. Um, maybe the Radha internal potency and in your commentary you put um, uh, explanations from Gautamiya Tantra that says that Swa refers to nowhere of the field and Ha uh, uh, refers to uh, higher spiritual potency uh, so I was thinking like how to reconcile those two statements Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are different ways, I suppose you could say, in which it's looked at, but um, the word is looked at from different different perspectives. But um, generally, um, the the jiva is thought to be the knower of the field, mm-hmm. and so uh, there was a. Incidentally, a nice statement from Thomas Merton that Gorasundar sent me that uh, I can invoke here. It's very Godia, um, the Catholic uh, theologian who went east and felt like they're experiencing what we're talking about over here. It's more or less what he said um, when he went to India. And he described the soul as having a particular nature that was luminous in a way in itself, but in need of the 
like a higher light, so to speak, for it to experience its fullest uh, potential. So it's what we were talking about earlier. So you have the jiva is luminous, hmm? conscious and consciousness and so forth, um, but its full potential is realized by the ingress of the sarup shakti. So if you look at ha as this higher, the higher power, <laughs> and 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 uh, swa in this sense as the knower of the field, the jiva. So the jiva influenced by the. Uh, under the influence of the Srupa Shakti or the Jiva giving itself hmm, to Govindaya, Krishnaya, Gopijana Balavaya, Swaha. Hmm. It could be understood in this way. The Jiva giving itself as only it can hmm, by following the lead, if you will, of Bhakti Devi, by the ingress of Bhakti into its life. You see, Bhakti... We think we do bhakti, but bhakti does us, is really what the idea is. And when you start to experience bhakti, that's what you're experiencing. <laughs> you, can, you can realize, oh, the, the Krishna's name is is moving my tongue, not that I'm moving the tongue. And atashi krishna namadi nabhavit grahimindri. Can't know him by material senses. So... It comes on to the senses. We say the senses are imperfect for knowing. And people say, well, you're using them. No, we say the bhakti is using the senses. Hmm? Bhakti is taking up residence in the senses and the mind hmm? to some extent of the sadhaka. Hmm? Therefore, thereby it's afforded a way of knowing that it would not otherwise be able to know. We have five senses. Right? That correspond with five sense objects. That correspond with smell, sound, sight, taste, and what? Feeling? Touch. Is that five? And empirically speaking, we think that, well, we will know by our senses comprehensively but who's to say that there are only five things that correspond with the human five sense objects which makes for then comprehensive knowing I mean you take other species of life do they have all the five senses some of them don't do they experience Three dimensions. Some of them don't. You ever seen Flatland? It's a famous book. I think they've made it into an animation. Hmm. The two-dimensional world. External yeah. experience of three-dimensional world. So, I mean, it's not a. It's a, there's a premise hmm. in terms of our knowing. Epistemologically speaking, there's a premise that well. We have five senses and there are five corresponding experiences with them and that constitutes the whole experience. But it doesn't hold up for other species who don't have, for example, five senses, don't experience three dimensions. 
So it's rather an assumption on our part as humans hmm, that the whole of experience, we can experience with our five senses. There's nothing, we don't, we don't know of someone higher, but neither does an ant know of anybody higher. Hmm. As far as we know, right? Hmm. Um, so, bhakti is like, you know, if you call the mind the sixth sense, then bhakti is the seventh sense. Hmm? And it, it affords you an experience of a dimension that cannot be known. That's the atashi krishnanamani dhabhavadgrahimindri, by the senses, which includes the mind, so six senses. cannot be known. Hmm? That which ca- cannot, it, 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 and that's the full spectrum of, of, of knowing. Hmm? The knowing of the absolute. We, we, are, we are in a different position. And we know that we are in ignorance. We know that we don't know everything. Hmm? So for, for perfect knowing, a perfect method is required, as I often say. Hmm? So there's the ingress of bhakti. Into the, we are the knower of the field. To some extent, it means the field of the body, we are the knower. We know we have a body, but we don't know who we are. <laughs> we don't know that we're the... Just to say that you're the knower of the field is a way of saying, if I say that to you, it means I'm saying it to you because you don't know that you are. That's what the Bhagavad Gita is teaching. It says, there's the field and there's the knower of the field. It's teaching the knower of the field that you're the knower of the field. You're not the field. Hmm? And you don't know it. <laughs> so you're the know of the field, potentially, hmm? Hmm. but you're in ignorance of the extent to which you are the knower of the field. And the field knows nothing. Hmm? You're out in the field. Hmm? <laughs> and you don't know anything. <laughs> so, so the, with the ingress of bhakti, hmm, if the swa is the knower of the field, and, and ha is what it was. It was it said in Gotamiya Tantra. Yeah, it's a higher spiritual, higher spiritual potency. potency. So that means shakti. Hmm? So when we say swaha, means means we're coming under the influence of the spiritual energy, which is a fully a giver, hmm? lover. Hmm? So. And is fully personified swaha, uh, is fully personified as the as as, as Sri Radha, as we've explained elsewhere in in the, in, the, in the commentary on Yuvapaltapani, and and you know while the main words are names of Krishna in the, in the dative case Krishnaya Govindaya Gopijana Balavaya, in other sense the main word is swaha, hmm? and it's. It's it's this is beautiful because it's the main word, but but unless you really look closely and have feeling for it, you don't understand that Krishna always takes precedence, and ostensibly is the main person, and Radha's in the in in the background, and the fact that that she's actually animating him and he's actually dancing according to her 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 dictates and so forth. That is a secret. <laughs> that is the secret knowledge. But swaha is the most important word 
in the in in the mantra, the Diksha mantra, the Gopal mantra. Not Krishna, not Govinda, not Gopijana Balaba. But Swaha. <laughs> so same meaning. Same meaning. In both cases go to Tantra and 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 what is it? Brihat Brihat what did you say? Brihat Banu? The, the great Brihat Banu. The Brihat Banu Bhavani. The Banu means light, so sun. Brihat great, and then the word daughter, I forget. The daughter of the sun. So chant these names Krishna, Govinda, Gopijana, Balava, accompanied by the daughter of the sun. What does that mean? <laughs> See, you need a guru for that and to understand. Who is the daughter of the sun? What is the sun? Om Bhuvaswa Tatsavitur. Gayatri says Tatsavitur. Savitur means the sun. So some people think Gayatri Mantra is sun worship. It is in a sense. Because sun is identified with Narayan, Surya Narayana. Hmm? It so much gives life without the sun. What kind of life would we have? There'd be no vegetation. Hmm? There'd be no rain. Sun makes rain. Hmm? Without rain. Without sun. No vegetation. Without that, how we live and so forth. So we're dependent on the sun. Often, the sun is identified with Narayan, Surya Narayan. We say, hmm? but um, but many people chant it without even thinking that far. Worship of the sun, hmm? but we take it further that really the light of the world is not the sun, but the soul. Hmm? You know, there's the geocentric worldview of times gone by, and then there's the heliocentric worldview of the present, that the earth is orbiting around the sun. Not that all the planets are orbiting around the earth. Of course, it depends who you talk to, but this is the contemporary idea for for, for certain uh, reasons that are useful in our everyday life. Hmm. The idea that the world revol- that the planets revolve around the sun is a very useful idea. Hmm. From that, many things can be drawn that could not be drawn and, 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 and have application in our everyday lives, in a geocentric worldview. At any rate, we are neither. In our point of view, we are not, a, we are not geocentric, neither heliocentric, but atmocentric. We say the world is going around it's one thing that's standing still. Hmm. That is the Atma. It is immovable, changeless, not subject to transformation. And the world is transforming around it. Hmm. That is its position. Hmm. So, there are planes of experience, mental, physical, intellectual, hmm, 
and they're all animated by the Atma. It's the real light of the world, giving them meaning and so on and so forth. And that, if that Atma, the light of the world, connects with its source, that is, that is Krishna. In the deepest sense, that is the idea of the Gayatri, Tatsabitu Barinyam, to make the connection. Bargo Devasya, Devasya means Krishna, playful Krishna, Deva, Devasya. But if he connects Varanyam Devasya, Bargo Devasya, if if he if he, if he can, makes connection through supplication hmm, with Krishna, hmm, then he starts to move. That which is immovable, the Atma has it now starts to have an orbit, hmm? Hmm. and and if he connects in the deepest sense, he sees that that, that, that Krishna is also orbiting Bargo hmm. Devasya Bargo. It's the light that, that that illumines, that which sheds light on playful Krishna is bhakti. Hmm? So when it enters into supplication, hmm, and without the ingress of bhakti, and the, the position of the of, of Bhagwan is is illumined. Hmm? My source is illumined, hmm? and so she is the light that lights the Lord, so to speak. Hmm. She lights him hmm. and shows us his luminosity and 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 is the light in our life which makes us it makes us a moving object, if you will. Hmm. Really animates us. We are we're we we animate the world but we remain uh, almost as if inanimate, frozen. Hmm. The world is orbiting around us. We're doing nothing. The world is moving. We've turned it on, and it's moving, and we're watching it and enamored by it. So, so it is the bhakti devi. Is the um, bhakti? This is Vaishnavism. Focus on shakti. On Bhakti's position, Swaha. She is the, the giving, and of course, the giving is the getting. So, there's everything's there. In Bhakti, Bhakti for its own sake. So, Brihad Bhanu, the great light, the daughter of the sun. What is that sun? It says. You chant these names, Krishna, Govinda, Gopijana Balaba, uh, and then utter the daughter, the, the daughter, the great daughter of the sun. Swaha. What does it mean? What is the sun then that's being spoken about? Hmm? That sun. Radharani, of course, is 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 a, is the daughter of the sun. The sun wanted the daughter. It said, you know, mountain wanted the daughter. Hmm? One mountain captured the sun hmm? and 
Krishna had to intervene because the sun has got to rise every day. So to get Krishna's attention, the mountain captured the sun inside a cave. Krishna had to go and tell him to let the sun out. The sun said, okay, but I want it. I'll do it, but I want something in return. I want, what is it? I want a daughter. Hmm. That is Radha. <laughs> so the lore goes like, like this. Hmm. So Bhishabhanu, Bhishabhanu, who is, Bhishab means great, Bhanu means light. He who is the great light as the father of Radharani found her. Hmm. It's a whole story. She got dropped off there. It was, it was elder in relation to Putana and so forth too. The problem of Putana. This, this is brought out in, in the dramas of Rupa Goswami. Anyway, her father found her and, hmm. And she is Bhishabhanu Nandini. Hmm. She is the daughter and the delight hmm, of the great light. And light means, and Bhishab also means what? The bull representing Dharma. Hmm. The fullest expression of Dharma. That is uh, Prema Dharma. Hmm. So you put all this together like this, and we see the great daughter of the sun, this is Radha. Hmm. She's there in the mantra, quietly there, hidden there. Hmm. That, that the whole, the whole is, uh, of Krishna, Govinda, Gopikanabha, I'm animated by her. Hmm. Bhagwan is moving because of bhakti. Hmm. Like Prabhupada said, Krishna's never alone. If Krishna's alone, he's Brahman. Brahman is that manifestation of Krishna alone. There's nobody else, there's no other. Hmm. We're not interested in that. <laughs> hmm. So Krishna's never alone. Hmm. So they're co coexisting eternally, that's how we can say. One caused the other, caused the other. It's, uh, who caused the world? Krishna. Who caused Krishna? Radha. Who caused Radha? Krishna. Hmm? We've got the perfect answer for a foolish question. <laughs> so, did that help? Yeah. What else? Anything else? Yes. And I was thinking, how do you connect like, with your own By serving you. Hmm? You are all manifestations of my guru who have come to keep me busy, hmm. keep me engaged. So, we're meditating on all of you <laughs> and answering your, your, your all have these spiritual necessities. So, great spiritual necessity brings you here. So, that way. How does one... Uh, oh, how does one? You said, I thought you said, how do I? Oh, no, I was thinking, how oh, my Okay. Yeah. That is one way. Hmm. That is one way. Hmm. And therefore, there are... The, the, in that sense, and then the Guru is... Is everywhere, and then of course, then we, as we advance, then we we 
connect with the guru, our guru, in, internally. Hmm? And um, as we, if we are attentive to the idea that there is nowhere that Krishna is more present in my life than in the guru. I mean, the language is very strong from Vishwanathakavati Thakur, whose astakam we sing every morning, for example. Sakshad Haritvena, Samasta Shastra. He said the guru is Sakshad Harit, directly Krishna. And Samasta Shastra, all the scriptures proclaim this. It's making a very strong statement. We don't take advantage of it. We don't understand it. But as much as we do understand that, and we think there is nowhere that Krishna is more present in my life than in the manifestation of the Guru, I should pay all attention there. Hmm? As much as we can do that, then the other side of the Guru will come into focus. Hmm? So we're concerned that you take the Guru, Guru Gayatri that we chant. Guru Devai Vitmahe. Maybe you want to become acquainted with this side. The Tattva of the Guru, Krishna, Guru Tattva, Krishna is fully present there. Hmm? And then Krishna Nandaya Dhimahi, corresponding, as much as we do that. Then we're able to Dhimahi, meditate on the Ananda. Hmm? Krishna Nandaya. What is the ananda of the Guru? So there's the second part of Vishwanath's statement. He says, Sakshad Haritvena Samasta Shastra. What's the next part? Sakshad Haritvena Sakshad Haritvena Samasta Shastra. Kintu Praborya Priyavatasya. Guru is God. All the scriptures say that directly. However, or but, Kintu, the Guru is also dear to God. Kintu praboya priya evatasya. How can you be God and be dear to God? Those are two different things. Hmm? Therefore, he is God, she's God in a qualified sense as a represent, representation for our purposes where we should pay all attention. And as much as we're able to do so, then the, the, the sense in which the Guru is dear to Krishna. Hmm? Dear to Krishna means the Guru has a relationship with Krishna. Hmm? That is the Guru's ananda. Hmm? The influence of the Ladini Shakti on the Guru. Hmm? The, 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 the sentiment for Krishna. Hmm? So, as the former is put in place, then in, time, in due course, then the latter comes into focus. It doesn't work, the, it won't work the other way around. Hmm? People, people, <laughs> people don't pay attention to the guru's external example, sadhaka day, and the way he tries to engage us in our sadhaka day. And still, they want siddhadeya, and they're not even concerned about what is the guru's ananda. They want their own ananda. They don't care about what is the guru's ananda. Hmm? You're so eager for your swarup that. You 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 you're prepared to go there without you want to go there without your guru. What kind of eagerness is that? 
Hmm? Where's the Guru's Ananda? Hmm? We're supposed to meditate on that. Hmm? This is not, you know, just like pick and choose, right? You know, it comes to us in a certain way. So, so that Krishna Nandaya we're petitioning. This is the this is the full face of the Abhideya, of the mantra, because you know, Guru Mantra, this uh, Guru Guru Gayatri, uh, Guru Devaya Vidmahe, you get the Sambandha. Hmm? In Baba, you can really you are fully engaged in Abhideya because you are the practice is fully informed. Hmm? So. Krishna Nandaya Dimahi Tano Guru Shodaya is the Prayojan. Hmm? Has the vision like this. So so this middle part, this 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 is this is for as the bodies advanced and this becomes of, of of interest to them naturally and they start to um To you know, they, they read the guru's words and they find things that other people, others don't find. They find oh, he's saying this here. He's indicating his sentiment. I see, or I study his character and externally so carefully, hmm? so focused that the inner uh, feeling that's driving him in his writing it comes up. But it, not everybody will recognize it. Hmm? Like you take Prabhupada, we brought out so many things, right? They're all there. Who recognizes them? Who, who put those all together? Hmm? He said this, he, this means this, this implies this, this is indicating this, and so on and so forth. This is a, in a very rudimentary sense, hmm? putting that together, remembering, meditating, collecting. Huh? And then there'll be a further internal pursuance of that. This is this is what um, in the higher stages of our practice in Bhava Bhakti, this is what the life's about. So there's a connection with the Guru. Hmm? Siksha Guru or Diksha Guru or both. And on the uh, the inner life of the Guru and I'm I'm um, part of that. Hmm? Usually there are some exceptions, but even those exceptions we find, like you find, for example, you take the exception of Shamananda Pandit. Shamananda Pandit was initiated by Hridayachanya. Hridayachanya was in Sakirasa. but there was interference, if you will, in the life of Shamananda Pandit. That one, a very extraordinary manifestation of divinity, occurred in his life. He was sweeping the dam, and and he found a, a, a bracelet, a jewel, or earring, or something. Anklet, hmm? and it was very fascinating to him. And then one girl appeared and said, oh, "That's my mistress's. Thank you for that very much." And I bless you. And took the anklet and put it on his forehead, and it made an impression like tilak, and it wouldn't go away. Hmm? And he became a follower of Madhuri Rasa, and and uh, a handmaiden of Radha, rather than a sakha. And his guru was thinking, what kind of, what's this? He's wearing some crazy tea lock and he tells his story that some gopi gave it to him. And, you know, this is, this is a, a problem. But then 
the, the issue was resolved. Hmm. Shamananda went into went into a trance, and in the trance, he entered the lila, hmm. and in the lila, Subal, Krishna's closest friend, came up and said, "Just tell your guru this," and told him something. Hmm. When you go back, tell him this. So, Subal, in Gaur Leela, is Goridas Pandit. And Goridas Pandit was the guru of Hridaya Chaitanya, who was the guru of Shamananda. Hmm? Shamananda's name was Duki Krishnadas. His name was Krishnadas, but he was always sad, so they called him Duki Krishnadas. Hmm? Uh, but his name got changed to Shamananda. But that was blessed by Hridaya Chaitanya, his guru, when Shamananda went into the trance and came out and said, I have a message for you to tell you, I want to tell you this. And when he heard that, Hridaya Chaitanya knew the, that only, only Goridas Pandit could know that, and that's my guru, my guru is Subal. Hmm? What, what my disciple told me is a secret between myself and my guru. Hmm? And my guru in Gorlila is Goridas Pandit, and he's the incarnation of Subal. He told me this secret. Now this disciple went into a trance, and he's coming and telling me this, and so I know that he's for real. Hmm? And and something very extraordinary happened to him, and so he got the blessing of Hridaya Chaitanya, and and he pursued. The, uh, the Manjari Baba rather than Sakyarasa but he always kept Hridaya Chaitanya as his, as his guru uh, and Hridaya Chaitanya's guru is Subal as I say and, and he has some participation in, in, in all these leelas so some, in some way some, um, some connection hmm? um, that's a, but that's a unique circumstance and what happened was what? he had a certain kind of extraordinary sadhusanga so, hmm, that's how bhakti comes to us, right? Hmm? So generally, it, 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 it comes, yeah, obviously it's coming to us through our, our guru. It may be that we have been influenced in the previous lives in a certain way, uh, different from the, the guru we have in this life, and then he will help us in that way. Hmm? If, that, if we become advanced enough, he will see and help us to go in that direction. Hmm? So, this is becomes a meditation hmm? internally. Hmm? You want to meditate on Krishna Leela? It's from a certain vantage point that this is really done, this Leela Smarnam. From the vantage point of a particular sentiment, particular identity, hmm? and generally, like I say, following the Guru. So what is the Ananda of the Guru? I mean, that should be of some significance to us, some interest. We're interested in our own Ananda. Well, you know, what about the Guru? What is the Guru about? In other words, oh, I'm not interested in that. That doesn't. That uh, I want a, a different sroop over here. I'll go for that. I'll just pick and choose. This is what the, you don't understand. This opportunity that he, he's made available for you. So, so that 
is a way we can connect with our guru also as we become more advanced. Hmm? And and that's the whole higher side of sadhana and bhava bhakti. That's the whole culture. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. What's the time? 7.45. Prabhupada, of course, stated his own preference for Sakyarasa. But if we look at it carefully, we see it's influenced by Madhurya, so the influence of Bhaktisiddhanta. Refining it, of course. Some people can look at him as Nityasiddha who descended, and so it's a different situation. Hmm. In other words, not dependent upon association for it to have a genesis. It's already existing. He comes. So. Hmm. And you know, you take Gopu Kumar. He was sent by Radharani. Hmm? Gopakumar? Yeah. Who's a Gopakumar? Gop yeah. And he told his his story, Sarup. Hmm? Yes, he was sent by Radharani particularly. He gave him service. Go to that grove in Vrindavan. One Brahmin is coming. Make him my devotee. Hmm? He also became a Gopa. So these two, I'm going to say this, so. Sakpriyanarma, Sakyan, Manjari, Bhadi, they're very closely related, although different. Hmm. So, if someone, for example, Prabhupada's disciple, we see mostly all Prabhupada's disciples who had any sense of his inner life conceived of him as, as, a, as a coward hmm. until they came under the influence of other devotees after his disappearance, who spoke about Manjari Bhav and so forth. So, they got some of that influence. That's also possible then. Keep it simple. And then, you know, of course, we remember what our Gurudev wanted and what expectations he had in this world of us and, and so on. How he would have acted in a certain circumstance. We try to think hmm, what he would have said. Hmm, how would he, he might have said something different, but we know how he fe- what he feels like hmm, in his manifestation of the sadhaka day how a lot of people have no idea what Prabhupada was like they just read his books you don't know what he's like by reading his books they read the books and they quote something and this and that but they don't have any many of them have no idea what he's like what he was like as a person say, Prabhupada said this about, about women so he doesn't like women he was a, uh, uh, I told one person, if you want to understand some of the things that Prabhupada said that don't 
work well with contemporary uh, progressive social life, then you can invoke the adage that actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Prabhupada voiced some things from the cultural context in which he he came and so forth. Uh, but his actions, hmm. like for example, with regard to women, these people said, Prabhupada said this, therefore women have to do this, they can't do that, they get in the back, they can't be gurus, they're, they're bad. And so on and so forth. I'm exaggerating, but not too much. <laughs> but that's not what Prabhupada was like at all. He might have said that, but what he did was something entirely different. I was once walking with Prabhupada in um, in uh, Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, one morning. And uh, the temple, it was a Berkeley temple at that time, and the Prabhupada was visiting, and the president of the temple was there. And so, um, as we walked along, for the sake of conversation, the temple president volunteered what he thought was going to be very pleasing to Prabhupada. And he said, Prabhupada, uh, we have a very strict program in the morning. Prabhupada says, very good, yes, something like that, you know. And uh, after Mangalartic, the devotees chant all their rounds, yes, very good. Hmm. He said, and then he said, and, um, and, and for chanting Japa, we only allow the men in the temple, hmm, they chant in the temple, and the women chant in another room. Hmm? And he was thinking, Prabhupada was going to say, yes, very good. And Prabhupada said, said, why only men in temple? Hmm? He said, well, we, it, I think he said something like, we don't want, don't want the men to be agitated. If they are agitated, then they should go in another room. <laughs> <laughs> so... He was always very, you know, quickly taking it off the bodily um, platform, uh, and um, and his association with us, his Western disciples, and so forth. Some Vaishnavas wouldn't, wouldn't even look at us; would be afraid to stand in our shadow. Hmm? He wasn't like that at all. Hmm? So he had certain comments about Western civilization and so on and so forth. And so, but the way he acted was 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 more more important and. So some people, you know, either by association with Prabhupada in the physical or just by serving him, hmm, could feel what he was like as a person in his sadhaka-deha. They can understand him. hmm, And then they will think, those kind of stuff, they will think, what what was he like? What would he do in this circumstance? And they would say something... And then someone say, Prabhupada said the opposite. You know, I'm saying this, and this is what Prabhupada would say. And I hear things all the time. And and, and if, if, if I hear it, yes, that is what Prabhupada would say. Hmm. But he said the opposite. Here it is right here in black and white. Said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't understand. That's what he would say. Hmm. That's what he was like. Hmm. And that will always be charming. Hmm. And that will always that will always be charming profound, um, spiritual, endearing. Hmm? And then we have other things. People invoke what he says in black and white, and here it is, as it is, right? Hmm? With no editing at all. Hmm? Literal. This is what he's like. And the way they apply it, the way they quote it, it has nothing to do with what Prabhupada's like whatsoever. Hmm? And it repels people, and it, and it causes confrontation, and, and 
um, and, and so forth. Prabhupada wasn't like that. His 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 his, his, his group was very <laughs> was a very small group compared to what the, that his uh, formal society has now. It's very small, very intimate. We knew everybody knew everybody practically. Hmm? And if you didn't know them, you'd meet him in Mayapur and so forth. And it was very close and very nice um, family. And Prabhupada loved everybody, and everybody had felt they had full opportunity to serve in all circumstances. And, and probably would resolve disputes always very transcendentally. Hmm. It would always take it to a higher level. Hmm. So anyway, I mean, so you you know you think of him like that, you know him in in that form also, and then you and you do like I do. You ask about my service, then I think, what would he do? How would he say? Well, hmm. that's why you you asked how would I remember him? How would I serve him? Yeah, connect. So that's a connection. <laughs> I went to see Prabhupada when he became ill and in Mayapur in 1977 and he wasn't coming down to give the class. So that was, he had told me in 1973, every day, every year you come to Mayapur and spend, and Vrindavan spend one month with me. The rest of the year you go and preach. So that was the highlight of my life, you know, to go. I mean, I would see him sometimes. He'd come to America, and I, if I could have service in the same place, I'd be there. But but every year, yeah, I would go to see him in Mayapur and Vrindavan. So when he didn't come down, and he, his class would be the highlight. You know, I like the classes, <laughs> philosophy and so forth. So um, he wasn't coming down to give the class. So then it was announced he wouldn't be going to Vrindavan for that part of the festival. So then I went to see him. I said, I'm not going to Vrindavan. Prabhupada said, why not? I said, because he, I said, because you are the festival and if you're not there, there's no meaning to Vrindavan. Hmm? This is the real Gaudiya spirit, Raghunathas, pray like this. Hmm? Seeing his Gurudev as a manifestation of Radha, he said, who cares for Krishna or Vrindavan without Radha's service? It's meaningless. I find it to be antagonistic. Hmm. So I told Prabhupada, and I felt sincerely like it was no. You're the festival. There's no purpose in going to Vrindavan. And so he said, he said, oh, yeah, but, but you should go. You're a preacher, and uh, and he he preached to me. And one of the things he said is, I never feel absence of my Guru Maharaj ever for a moment. He's always there with me. Hmm. They refer to the Gita, such as like Bhagavad Gita, it was spoken a long time ago, but we feel Krishna's presence there and so forth. So he told me you should go and preach, and your name is Tripurari, so you should defeat all the demons. This is a name for for Krishna appearing as Shiva, empowered by Krishna to defeat the, the demons, who otherwise were taking over the world, so to speak. So. You should do like that, he told me. So I'm trying to do that. Then you're all coming to remind me of that. Hmm? 
So as we started, then you're all to be seen as manifestations of Prabhupada in 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 my life. So so it's a, this is a service to sit here and and say these things. I'm not the autocrat, the god. That's only a, an act. It's all service. Externally, the guru appears like that, but in reality, the inner realities, AC is doing the service only. We're all same, just formalities. We're all servants of Krishna. <laughs> it's just formality. Someone sits a little bit higher. Teacher is also student. We're all students forever. Just yeah, it depends what angle you look at it. So, and we want to always be connected to our guru parampara. It's our idea. Hmm? Guru, guru seva. Yasapashadad bhagavat pashado yasapashadad nagati kutopi. When I sat with Prabhupada in Vrindavan, and and in May, May, no September, when it was September of '77, and it was apparent that he might leave, and so we were doing kirtan, and we had different times. So my time was from one in the morning till three in the morning to chant kirtan for Prabhupada. It was just me and Prabhupada had an assistant there, so I would sit and. This is for a month of September and chant for a couple hours, one to three. And um, so I was sitting one morning and chanting. I told the story before, but I, I was sitting and I chanted, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This is like one of Prabhupada's few melodies. Hmm. He didn't have like a big repertoire of many melodies that he pulled out of, with musical expertise. And um, in, indeed, he kind of frowned on, 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 on that and, and advised in such a way that, that to, be, to caution against this becoming a musical affair rather than a spiritual affair. There were many bands in, in, in Bengal who were really good, uh, kirtaneers and so forth, professional kirtaneers, but Prabhupada didn't, didn't um, want us to emulate that, so he was not uh, in favor of that kind of thing. And sometimes he said, only chant this, this you know, couple of Hare Krishna, and mm, I think he said in Mayapur, only Hare Krishna should be chanted, Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, and Hariharai Nama Krishna Yadavaya Namaha Gopal Gobindaram Sri Madhusudan. So he didn't want that influence of uh, all kinds of kirtan and all types of uh, melodies and so forth. Because you only need one. <laughs> and he didn't want he didn't want his disciples to be to turn it into just a musical kind of affair. There's the room for a little development, but anyway, he was a caution of his. So I was chanting that mantra, and I was thinking like that. I just, you know, want to, you know, keep it simple here. And 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 this is a mantra that come right from the Guru Parampara. Not so I was a one of my godbrothers learned a Bengali melody, and um, and he was was chanting it 
and um, became a favorite. And then one Bengali uh, person or devotee or kirtanera, I forget, said, um, "Oh, you you you, you like that?" And at least, yeah, I, I like the you know the authentic Bengali melodies. And he laughed. He said, "That comes from a cinema song <laughs> that you don't know. It's you know it's playing on the radio." <laughs> <laughs> here in Bengal. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I was chanting like that, and I was think, praying to Prabhupada, and I would chant, and this is a mantra coming from you, straight from Guru Parampara. You're going to be leaving. I just want to be connected with the Guru Parampara. That's all. Just keep me, this is the lifeline. Hmm? And then Prabhupada looked up. I was thinking, he looked up, and he said, and his assistant came to Prophet's aid, and Prophet said, "Who is that chanting?" Hmm? He said, "Oh, that's Tripurama. She's chanting." Prophet looked at me, and he just gave me his blessing. I didn't know at the time. I know he was pleased, but I didn't know. But I knew when I met Tripurama that Prophet kept me connected to the Guru Parampara hmm? at a time when hmm, that was in, in question. Hmm? Where is the Guru Parampara? Hmm. Like Shudamar said, it sometimes moves in, like the Ganges in a crooked way, not in a straight line. Hmm. So, I've been blessed this way. So, I also think of Shudamar, <laughs> you know, he would do. Uh, what is his feeling for things? Of course, I'm not as familiar with him as a person as I was with Prabhupada, but his. His kata, he was very kind to me, and um, I did. I, many devotees say that I developed a lot of feeling for what he was like and how he would respond. They say they can feel him for me, so that's humbling and a great honor. So yeah, we have to stay connected with our gurus in all circumstances. How much time do you think you spent altogether? We know that Prabhupada spent two weeks, he said, with his guru. How much time do you think you spent with Sri Prabhupada altogether? Oh, I don't know. I mean, um, it depends what you mean by that. I mean, to be in the same temple with him, where he was giving class every day and so forth, you know. I mean, I spent... He used to come to Los Angeles when I was there for... I think he'd come in the spring and in the winter for three months, so for the first two years, that'd be, you know, six six months each year. In the year of 70, maybe 72, 73, then the end of 73, um, I was invited to Mayapur, and I was sent to Australia. Hmm. In December and went to Mayapur from there. End of December, so then I spent, you know, that's six, what, three, six, that's one year, and then Mayapur festival, another month, and then every year thereafter, a month in Mayapur, so that's what, 72 to 77. That's including both ends, six years, <laughs> uh, six months, or a year and a half, and then and then many times I spent with him in 
in um, New York and Chicago, Atlanta, San Francisco, um, Hmm? In Canada? Yeah. Not with Prabhupada. Oh, good, good, good. Gita Nagari. Gita Nagari. And then um, other other times in India also. Hmm? I spent a month there in May in 77 and a month in, or more in September when it seemed like he was going to be leaving. He told me to go back hmm, to America and preach and then he left shortly thereafter. So, you know, a few years altogether, I suppose. Yeah. A couple of years. I was pretty eager to keep get Prophet's personal company. And they would go, you know, they would, the GBC would announce that only the GBC and sannyasis can go on the morning walk in Mayapur, and I would go anyway. And Prabhupada would always accommodate me. And so he would often talk to me too. So, oh, Tripurari, what are they saying? You want to know what the people were saying. Hmm? And when you distribute books to them and preach to them, what were their comments, what were their objections, and so forth. So I used to go on, on the morning walk. That's why I took sannyas, so I wouldn't be bothered by the GBC. And then I could just go on the, any of the sannyasis. They had a bit of a click about the whole thing. I mean, it, it needed to be managed, but... But I went anyway. Hmm? So I thought, uh, there's a couple of reasons, but that's one of the reasons. <laughs> if I take sannyas, I won't have to deal with these people. I'll just go, be able to go and talk to Prabhupada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Ki Jai. Sri